You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are continuing on with our series entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? On today's podcast. And today's episode features the other offensive line position that we didn't talk about. Last week, last week we talked about guard. This week, we're going to talk about right tackle. So here's the plan. We're going to talk about my opinion on what the Bills should do at right tackle this offseason. And then we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to hit some almighty takes. Then tomorrow, we are going to do a QB stew refresher. I am going to put in the podcast where I went over QB stew. And the reason why I'm doing that is because that's about to become very important. As we go through this offseason, we're going to be referencing QB stew, which is a composite of holistic quarterback metrics. And if you don't know what that is, you might be a little lost. So I want to make sure that I set the stage appropriately. So we are going to rebroadcast that tomorrow. And... That's what we're going to be doing this week. So that's the plan for today. That's the plan for tomorrow. And before we get started, I need you to do me a favor. So in the off season, people are going to be looking for Bill's content. And one of the best ways they can do that is by going to their podcasting app of choice and typing in things like Buffalo Bills and maybe even reading the reviews. If you have not done so already, it would mean a great deal to me. If you would go to your podcast app of choice and give this show a review right in your iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you use Podbean, whatever it is that you use to listen to your favorite Buffalo rumblings podcast. And hopefully mine, if you could give the show a review, that would be helpful in helping other bills fans find us. If you have previously given a review for the old Nick and Nolan show going back and updating, it would be great. Because there is no Nick and Nolan show at this point, which means that if someone were to read that, they might be like, where is this Nick and Nolan show that I hear so much about? If you could go back and update it, that would be helpful too, because I want to try and connect with as many people as I can. So if you could do me that favor, I would appreciate that. 
but we are going to jump right into this. The right tackle position is interesting one for me because it's one that the bills really haven't had solidified since 2005. It's really weird because you don't think about it. You don't really think about the right tackle position, but let me just kind of walk you through some names. Do you remember Terrence Pennington? Chantrell Henderson? Eric Pierce? The Bills' big free agent signing Langston Walker? Kirk Chambers? How about Mansfield Rotto? Jordan Mills? Cody Ford? Every single one of these players has taken their shot to solidify that position. And they've gotten mixed results. So now that you get good play from Daryl Williams on a one-year $2.2 million deal, what do you do? Because it was a one-year deal and it's up. Is it really as simple as just resign him? Well, we don't know what we're going to resign him for. So now that his deal is up, you're left with questions at a position that really hasn't been good in a long time. And I have some opinions on what the Buffalo Bills should do at the right tackle position. And it really comes in three steps. Step one, for the love of all that is holy and sacred, leave Cody Ford B. That poor guy has been through enough. Stop yanking him around from position to position. Just leave him at left guard. I understand that there may be a temptation from the coaching staff to move him back to right tackle because he started his career there. You have a second round pick. Obviously, you liked him quite a bit. He's waiting in the wings, maybe another year under his belt. I can understand the temptation, but Cody Ford has been bounced around his entire young career. Leave him at guard. Let him compete for a spot that I've been preaching since the beginning might have the best opportunity to maximize his talents. Cody Ford is going into year three. It's a very important kind of make it or break it sort of year for Cody Ford. Now is not the time to change him again. Step two, yes, re-sign Daryl Williams. I think Daryl Williams is an extremely important part of this team. Buffalo Rumblings had his contract projection at four years, $35 million, with $18 million fully guaranteed. Track lists the market projection for Williams at $7.8 million average annual value. At those numbers, sign me up. We all know that Josh Allen is the engine that makes the Bills offense go. We know that. Keeping him protected with weapons to utilize should always be a high priority for this team. A lot of people watched the Super Bowl and took away different things. On one hand, I would very much caution you to not watch one game and base an opinion on the most public of evidence instead of the preponderance of the evidence. Because we do that. We do that as fans sometimes. We watch one big important game. And then we base our entire offseason on the most recent game that we saw. I'll never forget, not too long ago, where the final four quarterbacks remaining in the NFL playoffs, the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship, were Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Tom Brady, and Blake Bortles. Those were the last four. And the narrative was, well, gosh, maybe you don't need an elite quarterback. Maybe you just need an elite team. And you can plug in a quarterback. Don't allow the most public of the evidence to distract you from the preponderance of the evidence. 
Don't change your entire theory of roster building based on one game. So a lot of people walked away from that Super Bowl and built an entire offseason around just that one game and said, gosh, we got to be able to get pressure with four. We already knew that. We knew that getting pressure with four is valuable. It's always been valuable. It always will be valuable. So I'm not saying that that's not a valuable lesson. I'm saying one game shouldn't impact your entire theory on roster building. And also, I'm saying the inverse of that. Just like you're saying, goodness gracious, we got to be able to get pressure on players like Mahomes with four. I'm saying that's what happens when you can't protect your quarterback. And that's where Darrell Williams comes in. That's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. A really good quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, ends up running for his life. That's what happens when you can't protect your quarterback. So let's re-sign Darrell Williams. $7.8 million of average annual value? Sign me up. Four years, $35 million, $18 million fully guaranteed? Sign me up. There are a handful of restructures, extensions, and releases that could be utilized to generate the type of space necessary for a move of this type. And they should be utilized to keep a good right tackle in Buffalo. So we've re-signed Darrell Williams. We've let Cody Ford lie where he is at guard. But Ty Insecki's contract is running out too. So he's a tackle. What do we do there? I think we check in with Adrian Waddle. Waddle was out of football in 2020. He signed a one-year, $2 million contract with the Bills in 2019, and then he suffered a torn quad during camp. Checking in with an agent on a 29-year-old swing tackle with championship experience doesn't seem like a bad idea, given the probable departure of Ty Inseki. Inseki, based on age and injury concerns, is not someone I would be highly interested in re-signing. Adrian Waddle was signed by the current front office and was coached by the current coaching staff in this offensive system. Call him up. See if he's interested. Got a year off from football. Maybe he's re-energized. It doesn't hurt to check in. So those are my three ideas. That's my three-pronged approach for how to tackle, pun intended, the right tackle position this offseason. Leave Cody Ford B, re-sign Darrell Williams to the market contract we think he's going to get, and check in with Adrian Waddle to help replace Ty Inseki. I mentioned in the last podcast that one of the benefits, additionally, to checking in with Adrian Waddle is that it would allow Ryan Bates to compete along the interior of the offensive line. That's what I suggested. I suggested that we allow Ryan Bates to compete for potentially the Ike Butker role if he's not tendered, and even if he is, to give us more depth along the offensive line. And if he doesn't have to worry about being the first man up, if either one of the tackles goes down, then that's a benefit too. So that's my three-pronged approach. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do some almighty takes. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We went through the trident, the three-pronged approach, the fork of the right tackle position for the Buffalo Bills for the 2021 season. And now it's time for Almighty Takes. Matthew writes in and says, roster building, almighty take. I love roster building philosophy. Big fan. He says, the Bills get poor value out of their high-priced defensive line because of the amount of rotating we do in the front four. The team would be much better off by focusing their resources on a starting four and using draft picks and cheaper free agents like Epinesa, Zimmer, and Johnson to fill out the backup ranks. Example, when the Bills made their free agent splashes in 2020, they would have been better off spending $34 million, the combined cap hit of Addison, Murphy, Murphy Butler, and Jefferson, on two players to start with Hughes and Oliver, instead of four players to build out the rotational depth. I understand this argument. I do. I absolutely understand this argument. I think that Sean McDermott has seen success come from having waves and waves of reasonable rushers he saw it in carolina he saw it when philadelphia did it just recently there has been moments where teams have had that type of success with waves and waves of above average or average players and i do think the having fresh legs in the fourth quarter thing does matter i absolutely think that matters but there's a value proposition there i'm not opposed to this at all one of the notes in the book of Bruce, one of the verses in the book of Bruce is don't resign okay players to their second contracts. I understand why the Bills took a swing on Trent Murphy. I totally get it. He had a really good season and they got hampered by injury and they thought maybe there was untapped potential there. Didn't work out. I understand why the Bills signed Mario Addison. He was a known product. He was a known quantity. I don't think he was crazy effective this year, but he wasn't bad. I totally understand that. I will say that I am of the opinion that the Bills probably won't invest significantly in the defensive line this offseason. I think they'll count on development from Epinesa and Ed Oliver and the return of Starla Tulele. I don't anticipate that they will go exactly the same into 2021. There may be a cut, there may be a restructure, but I don't think it's going to be a significant jump. I could be wrong, but I didn't get the vibe from knowing what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have done historically. That's something that they believe in. I think they believe in having the rotation up front. I think they believe in having waves and waves, and they've seen instances of that being successful. So I'm cool with this concept. 
that we just devote to four or five guys instead of eight. I'm completely cool with that concept. I don't know if the Bills are necessarily cool with it. Tim says, Bruce, I understand and respect your position on first round running backs. What if the Bills traded their first and moved back a few spots into the top of the second? And one of those two running backs is still there. The two running backs he's referencing are Travis Etienne and Najee Harris. Would you do it? Add some draft capital, lower the salary, no fifth-year option. Teams will covet that fifth-year option for other positions, so we might be able to get quite a bit for pick 30, and we still get a running back that defenses will have to game plan for. I know the issue is will one of them make it to the second round. I think if one of them is there at 30, Kansas City and Tampa Bay won't pick a running back at 31 or 32, so it's really where are you in round two? This is all assuming McBean value them the way we think they might. Thanks, Bruce. Love your work. I am more open to it at the top of the second than I am at the bottom of the first for the reasons that you mentioned. I think a lot of it would have to do with how much capital you picked up in the trade. Because in addition to the value proposition, the other part of value proposition is opportunity cost. What could I have otherwise done with those picks? And the fewer picks I have, the less I want to spend it on a position I don't think is a crazy high priority. So if I picked up a lot of capital, I'd be more inclined to do it. We do a good job of ignoring the denominators of value propositions. Just as fans, we only think about the numerators. There's two parts to a fraction, a numerator and a denominator. And both of them by themselves mean basically nothing. I say, hey, man, you want to trade for Stefan Diggs? Well, yeah, I want to trade for Stefan Diggs. What am I missing there? What do I have to give up? It's a value proposition. Everything in life is a value proposition. What I'm doing right now is a value proposition. You're making value proposition judgments every day, whether you realize it or not. I am sitting here behind a microphone right now because I have deemed the time and energy that I devote into this podcast worthy of the return. That's the reason why I've done it. I may not have consciously did it, but I've done it. Value propositions are what you give versus what you get. But opportunity cost, what you could have gotten, is a part of that. That matters. So the more assets we get for a trade back, the more likely I would be to be in favor of drafting a running back because I think there are other higher priorities on this team as far as needs than running back. But if you trade back and you're able to pick up another third and a fourth, okay, now we're talking. Now there's things that maybe I'm a little bit more interested in. It depends on the capital. And all of that stuff kind of ebbs and flows with it. I'd have to know who was there, what we would pick up, things like that. Because that's what we do. We do a good job of only paying attention to the numerator and just ignoring the denominator. Yeah, I want to trade for Stephon Diggs. I don't want to trade 13 first-round picks for Stephon Diggs. Everything has a price. Everything has a price. Value matters. It's not just about the player you're acquiring or the position you're acquiring. It's about what you're giving up and opportunity cost is a part of that. Jamie says, morning, Bruce. I thought I would email you firstly as I've become recently aware of your podcast and genuinely got worried about myself. The first time of listening to you, you were telling a story about this guy who's from a northern working class town and he had fallen in love with the Bills. I was questioning how I had messaged you without knowing you, as this guy had the same name and story as mine. 
Fortunately for my sanity, he said he was from Burnley, so it wasn't me, although Burnley is about 15 miles from where I grew up. My fandom story is a little different. Growing up in England in the early 90s, particularly in the days before satellite TV, we only had four channels, so the Super Bowl was really the only American football we got to watch in respectable times of the day. I started supporting the Bills as I wanted to support the team who had lost the previous two finals when I was eight, as I believed they deserved it. Cue many years of Madden games always trying to do what the actual team couldn't, hampered by the poor stats our team were given. Whenever I mentioned my fandom of the Bills, just a series of interesting looks as the Cowboys, Dolphins, and Patriots are majorly supported teams over the pond. Fortunately, the McBean era has come around and the Bills are gaining traction around the globe. My first almighty take is it's going to be a very desirable free agent market for a bargain. With the amount of free agents available and the vast majority of teams struggling with a reduced cap, there are going to be a lot of good players having to take vastly reduced contracts to get a contract. Some will try to have contracts structured for years ahead. However, GMs will want to take big contracts into years ahead when we don't know if COVID will still have an effect on the cap the year after. Secondly, Bean will be trading down with that first round pick. Almost every team is looking for a quarterback, and I get the feeling a team will try to acquire our first round pick to add a package for another team to either trade out for a quarterback or trade for Deshaun Watson. The Bills have a solid team. We'll be losing a couple players in the offseason, but we aren't looking for superstars, which go high in the first round. We need players to come in and add to what we have currently. Whether he goes into the draft knowing what he wants, or he tries to moneyball the free agency market as mentioned in my first almighty take, we have the advantage that we need evolution in a team rather than revolution. Anyway, let's trust the process and hopefully we'll be competing in Super Bowl 56. Let's start with your last line. We need evolution in the team rather than revolution. I think it's really important that we not forget that the Bills were in the AFC Championship game. I understand that Brandon Bean said, you don't carry that over. But it's a good roster. The quarterback played well. The offense was very good. Do we want to tweak some things? Sure, you always want to get better. You always want to step forward. But this idea that we need to kind of tear it down and try and remake the whole team in an offseason, I don't I don't think it's necessarily wise. I don't think anything drastic is really needed. Now, you want to improve where there's an opportunity to improve. But prudence is the name of the game when you're this good. And the Bills are a good team. They very easily could have been in the Super Bowl. You don't rest on your laurels and do nothing by any means. But I support the evolution, not revolution statement at the end of this. Your first almighty take is it's going to be a very desirable free agency market for a bargain. I think what's going to happen is the middle of the road free agents are the ones who are going to feel this crunch. I think the stars are still going to get paid. Teams will find a way to pay those stars. I think it's the middle of the road free agents who will actually feel the crunch. That's what I think is going to happen this free agency. Obviously, I don't know because we've never experienced anything like it. But that's my my opinion. In addition, the trade down is something I've been preaching for a while now. I am absolutely team trade down. Obviously, again, it's in theory. I don't know who's going to be there. Just as an abstract concept, in theory, I'm for it. Because again, I don't know the denominator. I don't know who's there. I don't know what the trade offers are. 
I don't even know if we got a trade offer. So yes, I'm team trade down in theory, but I fully recognize that's just the numerator, not the denominator. We just talked about that. And that's really important. I can't stand here and say, I'm not standing, I'm sitting, but I can't sit here and say, trade down at all costs. I don't know what the costs are. I don't have the other half of what's necessary to make a value proposition. So yes, I am team trade down. I think, I think that Brandon Mean might be inclined to do it. He's never done it before, but he may be inclined in this particular stage of team building. Sean says, hi, Bruce. I sent a similar message to Nick back in the day and thanking him for the pod. I thought I would do so for you too. I'm born, raised, and still live in Sydney, Australia. So we got England and Australia on this pod. I had my first Bills experience for the home opener in 2011 to see Fitz throw a winning touchdown on the last play against Oakland. I think that was David Nelson. I just happened to be in town seeing the falls at the time, and I didn't know the difference between football and rugby. I said that this has to be my team, not knowing anything about the drought or the Super Bowls of the 90, just that the town got me hooked. The passion was like nothing I'd ever seen. From that moment, I followed everything Bills. So much so that I planned a solo U.S. trip so I could get to the last game of the year at Foxborough in 2013. Thad Lewis against Tom Brady in a match that meant little to everyone there, but a lot to me. In 2016, I took my now wife for Christmas in Buffalo as part of a five-week trip around the country. Snow on Christmas, even if non-existent by Buffalo standards, was a highlight in both our traveling lives. We planned the trip around the Christmas Eve game at New Era in 2016, the overtime loss to the Dolphins. We then traveled to New York for the last match of EJ once Rex got fired for the final game of the season in New Jersey. Needless to say, I have seen a few quarterbacks. When we made the AFC game earlier this year, I had colleagues I hadn't seen in five years messaging me saying, isn't this your team? I was very vocal in my support, clearly. I never miss a minute. I get up at 3 a.m. for early season 1 p.m. games on a Monday morning. I wouldn't have it any other way. The playoffs all fell around lunchtime here, which meant annual leave from work. There is such an amazing Buffalo podcast community, and I take in everything I can. However, I religiously listen to you and the Rockpile Report every week. It's a real highlight when you're a guest on their show. Your explanations of some of the details around salary cap, position play, among other things, is really useful to someone like me who hasn't been around the game since I was a kid. Thank you for your insights every week. I find myself quoting you to my friends who are also football fans. Trust me, they all know wins are not a quarterback stat. There is no almighty take here. Just want to email you to give me my bill story and to thank you for the work and for you to know that it's appreciated on the other side of the world. Keep up the great work. I'm sure it must be tough balancing work, life, and doing a pod each week. Regards, Sean. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate that. That means quite a great deal to me. It has been very, very difficult. Uh, for me to balance this recently, I have been under a lot of stress uh, for the things that have been going on in my personal life. And believe it or not, I have a job. <laughs> I mean, I have a full-time job that consumes a big part of my day and a big part of my week. So I do value this. I enjoy doing it. I'd like to continue to do it for as long as I can. There may come a day when the responsibilities of the other more important parts of my life 
are too much for me to continue that. And that would be a sad day for sure. But until that moment comes, I'm going to continue to try to do this. And I appreciate your feedback. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Make sure you come back tomorrow so you can get a refresher on QB stew because we will be referencing it quite a bit this offseason. And if you missed that pod and you don't happen to know what I'm talking about later on this offseason when I reference the QB stew, well, that's the way the cookie grumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumbles. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.